0: Hello and welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM CFRU.ca, Guelph's campus and community radio station. I'm Scotty Hertz and joining me shortly via the wonders of radiophonic artistry will be Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Open Sources is CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show and you can find us here every Thursday at 5pm as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada Canada and around the world and oftentimes we interview local newsmakers and politicians and those who aspire to be and this week is no different we have four candidates who are running in the october 24th municipal election for the 12 city council seats that are available drew shaw from ward one was to join us this week but was unavailable to appear due to illness and we wish him well coming up we have craig DeCero from ward six luke cosino from ward three elia morrison from ward two sam elmsley from ward three And as a bonus, some commentary from Adam closer to the bottom of the hour. So it's once again an action-packed show. That's enough from me. Let's hear from the candidates.
1: Okay, Greg Decero, thanks for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, To start with maybe the most obvious question um, for people who might not know you terribly well or maybe only know you from seeing your your face on a sign at the side of the road. Why don't you uh, tell us about who you are and and why you're running.
2: Sure, okay. Um uh I've been a resident of Guelph for 14 years now. Um single dad, uh three kids uh essentially uh lived with me the whole time. I was a stay-at-home dad when they were younger and um we all really love the city. Um when I was younger, for some strange reason my parents moved me around like every two years, so I never felt like I had a place to settle into and I've really settled into Guelph. Um, all of my children have done the same. Um, my eldest is on her own now, not living at home, and, and has chosen to be in Guelph, so it's great. I love it. Um, my background uh, from work and volunteering um, involves, um, I have a degree in English literature, so I don't know whether that's a good thing to have for a counselor, but that's <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but my background is a lot in governance. Um, I've worked with a lot of board of directors. Um, arranged the meetings uh worked through projects um the last company i worked for in mississauga we did five million dollars in projects and this is a small company in capital projects over two years you know i was part of that team that brought those proposals to the to the membership for approval uh got them approved got them ready to go i uh, got them all done under budget on time um and then I've been uh, involved with Guelph Soccer here in Guelph uh, as a team manager and as a coach uh, and on the board for the last five years. Um, So we've steered the club as a team from really difficult financial situations when we took over as a board to the position where we are now, where financially we're extremely healthy. Um, I'm passionate about not just soccer, but youth, activities and youth sports in the city. Um, I'm worried about our lack of facilities as we grow. Um, right now, golf soccer, we've had huge increases in our registrations, and we do run winter programs using the, the dome um, mm-hmm. just off of college. Mm-hmm. But all of our programs right now are on waiting lists because the field in that dome is so small, and we don't have access to a bigger field. And even in the summer, um, our registrations grew by 33%. And we were struggling to find enough grass fields, um, to make sure that we can provide what everybody's looking for. Um, you know, and I'm, I know that our executive director at Glove soccer has spoken to a lot of other youth organizations in the city and we're all struggling with, uh, facilities being able to provide, um, you know, what parents and what they're looking for for their kids.
1: Hmm, That's a lot of responsibility. And, uh, I know my niece loves playing soccer, mm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I can appreciate uh, all the happy kids who love to run around with the ball. Um, what is it about, I guess Ward Six, your ward, that you you kind of want people to know? It, it it's still kind of a you know a new area to the city, mm. and um, you know, but given from your experience, I, I, I'll I'll ask you. The question this way like what is what do do you think that needs to be more like better promoted about the ward 6 area and um in terms of the representation to the rest of the city what do you think ward 6 is missing right now
2: i think the area obviously is growing um and i think a lot of the area is a lot of younger families um and so to me um you know we talk about recreation obviously the south end community center is an important thing for me um i know we are supposed to be getting or my understanding is we're supposed to be getting shovels in the ground in november um i'll be very glad to see if and when that happens Um, but we have a lot of residents that i've spoken to that moved here with younger kids looking forward to that community center being there for them to be able to use and their kids have grown up uh Mm. in the time it's taken to get that built um and it is a difficult ward. Um, yesterday I um at the breakfast event we had, I spoke to a lot of other candidates from other wards. It's unique because obviously being at the South End, I think people understand that a lot of our residents are working in other cities because of the mm-hmm. access to the 4-1. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a diff it's more difficult to get them involved in what's going on in the city, um, because they may not be spending a lot of their time exploring the city I know for myself I worked in Mississauga for a long time and when I was going out getting signatures to to complete my nomination and and meeting with a lot of people that I had met I found amazing areas of the city that I had never seen I just never been to you know everybody knows how to get to where you need to go to shop and where you need to go for you know your kids and schools and stuff but I think the city has so much to offer um and a lot of the residents in the south end may not be as familiar with those areas. So somehow communicating what we have, um, the great facilities that we have, the great uh, places we have that you can take your kids, that you can go, our museums um, and things like that, the downtown area and all of the shops and everything down there. It's something that um, not a lot of residents in Ward 6, I think, really understand mm. how uh, the everything that goes on in the city. And, uh, you know, I try to steer them towards... People like you and, and the online uh, news facilities, so that they're not just getting their news from Six Eighty News when they're driving in to work in the morning. They're actually getting some local news and and, mm. and just having them do a little research and find out what there is. Like I said, I discovered a lot, um, and continue to do that. Um, and I think that's that's part of the struggle we have in, at in Ward Six.
1: Uh, first I appreciate that. Um, but next, uh, could the city be doing more? Um, and maybe this is something you can take away if, you know, if you're elected, but, you know, is people who, who arrive new in town relatively recent, like you recent in Guelph terms, cause you know, some people have roots that go back to 19 dickety seven <laughs> yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, in terms of acclimating people to Guelph and getting people out of their, you know, sort of neighborhood bu- bubbles, could the city be doing more to, to promote itself?
2: I think it could, I really think, you know, um, I know it's difficult because there's so many different ways for people to get their news and for people to communicate now that it's hard to know which one to I've you know to utilize. Um, big a big part of my uh, position at the company I worked for was communications. you know we were doing emails regularly and 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 obviously with new technology coming on, we were thinking, okay, we need to start our social media pages and we need to start um, maybe move away from printed items but when you're talking about official documentation or you're talking about a wide age range for for the people that you're appealing to some people further stuff written and i don't have no problem with that i prefer holding a book as opposed to (laughs) any book um so it's hard to know and it makes communications harder because you have to try so many different ways to get in touch but i think yes it's something that we could do probably a better job of and maybe it's um, something that uh you know I I wouldn't want to put it on top of the staff of the city because the staff of the city do tons of work and they do a lot of great stuff and obviously um they do the great work behind the scenes that supports the council but maybe to have some kind of package that you know new residents people moving into the town could could access um just to let them know you know um cuz I had to find out where the West End community center was when I was signing my kids up for swimming lessons or you know, or what was available in the East end, or mm. there, obviously there's a lot of new development up North. Um, I didn't, had no idea that Eastview was there until my children both started playing football for Guelph football. And now you go up there and they've even expanded it. Um, I've, I've gone, I'm going back to coaching at Guelph soccer and uh my, uh my middle son is 19 years old and he's coaching with me because he's played soccer. Mm. We went up to Eastview to work with the kids and there's, a whole new uh, park there for young kids. There's three new mini fields for soccer, so they keep expanding. And you know, for us, it's it's a fair distance from where we are, but it's a great facility. Mm. And to know that that facility is there um, would just be something that I think people would would be happy to know. And there's trails there, and there's um, disc golf there. Like there's lots of different things you can do there. Um, but the big key is getting people in wanting to be involved i think and we had this conversation with some of the other candidates Is i've found i've met a lot of people who are really passionate about the city love the city love the fact that they're here and sometimes they're just looking for how can i be involved how can i not maybe they're not ready to step up to you know be on the board of directors of a club (laughs) or you know run for council or something but a lot of them love the city and want to know more about it and want to know you know, a lot of people are happy to put their roots down here. And so the more we can let them know about all the fantastic things we have to offer, the better chance we have that they're they're going to stay here and, and put the roots down here and start their families or or have their families grow here.
1: Well, uh, you have chosen to try and get involved by becoming a city councillor. So that brings us to the the most essential question of the day, which is where can people learn more about uh, you and your campaign?
2: Um. <clears throat> Um, they can learn more about me. I have uh, my website is Um I am on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, and the handle is at ward 6 So and I am regularly updating my website with, it's kind of like blog posts on some of my campaign ideas, some of my, where I'm coming from. Um, there's a page there that outlines my values. Um, part of, um, not working for a while and working with companies that are trying to get you back into the workforce. Uh, one of the things that was suggested to me a couple of times was really take stock, figure out who you are, what you want to do next, um, where your values lie. So I really you know, took that to heart and really put a lot of effort into it. Um, and I found that I was getting more enjoyment out of my volunteer hours than I was out of my work hours because that was more near and dear to me. Um, I've always wanted to give back, and I think uh, city council would be a great way to do that. Uh, You know, I'd love to keep giving back to the city um, more in more ways than just, uh, you know, through the soccer. Although, as I say, I've I've met a lot of wonderful people there, and, and I have a lot of great friends from that group, and I love being involved. But, yeah, I figured for my employment, for my work life, it was important for me to do something that I really felt. Uh, made a difference, you know, and was and was um, a little more involved in the community than, uh, than some of my positions in the past. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. And as I say, um, I keep updating my website with different ideas as I learn. This has all been a learning process to me, Adam. It's uh, <laughs> never run for office before. So, and I knew that I expected that going in, but even I think the amount that I've been learning has even exceeded my original expectations as well. So I'm always learning and that's why I'm always updating because I'm getting new ideas, I'm hearing from uh, constituents, I'm hearing from other counselors, you know, it, it, all of that is being brought into the process. So that's why I continue to kind of update things as I as I learn things.
1: Well, you're having fun at least. So if the, yes. that's a, that's the takeaway, uh, well, so much the better, but Greg DeSero, thank you so much for your time today.
2: All right, thanks very much for having me, Adam. I'm speaking with Luke Kuzno, one
0: of eight candidates vying for one of the two seats up for grabs in the October 24th municipal election. Welcome to the program, Luke.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: So for the listeners who may not know who you are as a new face on the local political scene, can you just tell us a bit about yourself, a short biography?
3: Sure. Uh, I actually uh, was born and raised here in Guelph. I lived in what at that time was the South End and grew up and I moved away for a number of years and then moved back about 10 years ago. To pursue grad school, actually in Waterloo, and I worked at the at the Y here in Guelph. So I'm a I'm a lifelong Guelphite who has an interest in in the city and how it grows and how it's governed, uh, and I think that community governance is really important. So. To have somebody like me who, um, as you said, is sort of a new face in local politics, I think can be a real asset on something like council.
0: Speaking of, of governance, which is something you mentioned in your campaign literature, for people who have seen that, you're actually super clear about what that is involving, I think you said, housing, feeding and moving people. So. I know that's kind of a broad question, but you know, if you were elected, how would you work to achieve that for people?
3: Well, I think, I mean, questions about what Guelph looks like, how we house people, how we move people and how we feed people are, they're citywide questions and they're, they're things that as a group, council is empowered to work on. And I think if we are not working, if council is not working in the best interest of sort of feeding housing and moving people in the city, I wonder what it is that they are interested in. So when I say housing in that context, I'm interested in, I mean, clearly Guelph is going to continue to develop, um, but I think we need to take a hard look on how we do that development sustainably for, for the future. Because although single family homes are great, Uh, They're really expensive. They're really expensive to build environmentally and fiscally. They're expensive to maintain infrastructure for over time. And so I think we need to look harder at how we are doing development here in order to better future-proof the city. For moving people, that's all part and parcel of how we develop. Because the more we develop, the more we sprawl, the more we tie ourselves only to car traffic. And there isn't a person in the city that doesn't complain sometimes about car traffic. And so there are things that we can do to in our our planning and development and our future-proofing of the city to work on that, to work on active transportation, to work on transit in ways that are really sustainable for the future. And feeding people, I mean, I I grew up here and when I was growing up, there was no grocery store in the East End. And now there's no grocery store in the East End. And I know that's outside of my word, but I I use it as an example because it's an example that people can really grab onto. We have a responsibility, the people governing have a responsibility to make sure that everybody has access to the services they need. And other than housing, I mean, food is next on that list to have to have inhabitants that are happy and safe and healthy and so I mean for me those are three there are three really big things and there are three things that we need to be talking about really actively I think as candidates and as citizens and as inhabitants of this city to make sure that we're making decisions in our council, whether I'm on it or not, are making decisions that are for the good of everybody. And not for the good of the few.
0: We're well into the campaign at this point. I'm going to assume you've been out and about in Ward 3. What's been the main issue or issues that you've been hearing from people?
3: One of the things about Ward 3 that I think is interesting, but really challenging as a candidate is we have some real diversity in the ward, in the neighborhoods in the ward, both racial diversity, but also diversity of social socioeconomic status, access to services, things like that. And so It's hard, I think it's really hard to answer for Ward 3, You know what is the single main issue? Because I think um, if you speak to people who live, say along London Road by the park, they're gonna say, well, speed of cars on these roads is on London in particular is a real challenge for me. And if you speak to people that live in co-op and other kinds of housing uh, in Onward Willow, they're gonna have really different concerns like with inflation, am I going to have enough money to feed my kids? How am I going to get to work because I can't afford to have a car and I have real challenges with transit in the city? So I think that, you know, what's the one big issue in Ward 3 is a really, really hard question. But a lot of those questions, I mean, they're the big questions that the city is facing and they're really sort of laid bare in Ward 3 in different ways in different neighborhoods. And so I think that I mean, how I answer that question in Onward Willow or in the Junction or in Old City or in Exhibition Park is going to be really different. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that diversity in this ward and have people understand that there isn't just one set of needs here. We need to be listening and trying to address the really diverse set of needs that are here.
0: Something you've mentioned elsewhere is the the long-suffering, let's call them Lafarge lands, which has been kind of dormant for years, a large blank slate right in your ward there you know speaking development wise how would you like to see that evolve because I know it's been on lots of people's minds over the years many years now
3: many many years and I'm lucky and I live quite near there actually and right now because it's in this state of sort of nothing we have the opportunity to to walk our dog there we use how it Park, the the flood area and that space and we walk our dog there and it's it's great for that but it is this big space of unused, other than those of us that use it for outdoor recreation, which I think is a, a great use for it right now. But as a development space, I mean, we're talking about development and how many homes we need to construct and the provincial targets for those things. And we're not working hard. I don't see the city working as hard as maybe it could on the kinds of infill that we could see in the Lafarge lands. And I think that we need a development plan there that has a high enough density of of development and combination development that it continues to be a useful space and a discussion around, are we going to be able to put Silver Creek through that rail crossing? I don't think that Metrolinx is going to let us do that. And as much as we might think that, oh, it's our municipality, we could get to control that we, we don't. And so the development there I think has a really a lot of potential as long as we're maintaining access from the side that's walkable, that it's high enough density that it doesn't just turn into 30 giant homes. Because I think that that would be a real a real shame. Housing prices are high. Developers are going to come here. Let's build a development plan there in conjunction with developers that works for the city and is what's best for the inhabitants here, not just the developers.
0: So, and this is something we ask everybody. If, if uh, you were elected what would you like to see as the first order of business on the agenda at City Hall in November?
3: I think the, the first order of the business, and this seems, I think it seems like a, a, a small action, but the city has been talking for some time about a rainbow crosswalk in the city. And there is not a rainbow crosswalk in this city. The owners of the Stone Mall. Made a rainbow crosswalk in less than a week. They committed to that. Bang! There was a rainbow crosswalk, and we've not done it yet as a city. And the the pushback when you get that as, when you ask that question is, well, you know, there might be construction, there might be this, there might be that. I I don't buy it. I don't know what the delay is. Different people have different ideas about what the delay is, but that small action is about recognition. It's about demonstrating to a traditionally subordinated population in this community that the city sees you, the city recognizes you, the city is interested in having you as part of this community and delaying on that, waiting, delaying, putting it off, changing our mind, doing this, doing that, and it just not happening sends the entirely opposite message. And I think that that's an important thing. So I think it seems small, but I think it's symbolic in some really important ways. And I think that I think that that's something we need to do. We need to do it now.
0: Finally, when the, uh, the voters of Ward 3 head to the polls on October 24th, why should they choose you to represent them?
3: I'm interested in policy that is future-oriented. I, I, I'm interested in policy that works for people right now. I mean, I live here right now. But... I also have a young kid and I'm interested in them being able to grow up here and then be proud of this place in the future, be proud of the decisions that were made today because they look to the future. They listened, they read and listened to the science when making those decisions, which is something that I think I'm I'm in a position to do. Um, it's very different than many of the other candidates. And I don't have the ambition of sort of pivoting this political involvement into a career in politics. I'm interested uh, in being somebody that is a counselor in Guelph for the betterment of Guelph today and in the future. And so that that's why I think people should vote for me. I think there's a lot of great candidates in, in this election and we have the real opportunity this time around to to have a lot of different options and make really good choices for you know, policy in Guelph and for Guelph's future. And, and I hope to be a part of that.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us today, Luke. And if people would like to find out more about you and your campaign, how would they do that?
3: Uh, well, they can go to the campaign part of my website, which is lukecousineauphd.ca slash luke4ward3. The numbers there are, are the numbers. So L-U-C-4-W-A-R-D-3. Um, uh, or you can... Follow me on Twitter if you want to hear what I have to say. And it's at Luke Cousineau, just my name. And I'd love to connect with folks. They can also email me. And the links are both on my Twitter and uh, on my website.
1: Thanks again. And best of luck on the campaign trail.
3: Great. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
1: All right. Elia Morrison, thank you so much for joining me today.
4: Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: I just want to say for the record before we start, uh, I technically used to be elias boss uh, i was on the board at Ed video where he works um so uh it would have been preferable for scotty to be available today to do this but uh, i did want to uh, acknowledge my pecuniary interest uh in case somebody <laughs> comes back like oh you went a little soft on that Ilya guy but enough about me Ilya, tell us about you
4: um, yeah, first off, yeah, Adam, thank you. If you hadn't ma- mentioned that, I would have myself. I, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so uh, as Adam just mentioned, I am the technical director at Ed Video Media Arts Center here in Guelph. Um, I, I've lived in Guelph since 2013. I live, I'm, I'm lucky enough to live and work right here in the ward Um In Ward 2, or the new Ward 2. And yeah, moved here in 2013 and just kind of fell in love with the city, fell in love with the vibe of the ward, and just everything that I I felt that Guelph represented and could be when I moved here. And yeah, it's just an incredible place to be. Um, Yeah, so that's a little bit about my past and my history.
1: Well, you uh kind of said it you, you know you're you're living in the ward which is uh you know always been a an interesting place gathering a lot of candidates it's probably one of the fiercest battlegrounds if we're using those terms in this election so you know from your point of view as someone who's new to politics you know what is it about Ward two that has made it so
4: um
1: so so vibrant politically speaking
4: yeah the uh, the new boundaries um are interesting for me um you know how we kind of start here in my neighborhood in the ward and going all the way north um you know encapsulating downtown encapsulating you know the i guess the older city um all the way to the the northern border of Guelph and so there's this wide range of needs and uh, perspectives um but i also feel that you know we as always we're all kind of caring about the same things about how the the city is growing how how the city is developing especially within these build-up areas where you know we can't expand we can't spread we have to grow up to accommodate the the density and the mandated population growth that we are you know we have to deal with mm-hmm. as the city grows mm-hmm. um so yeah it's you know, it's fun and interesting and exciting. Um, and yeah, it, you know we're all worried about the same things, but from a little bit of a different perspective.
1: Okay. Well, then let's talk about some of the things, um, that you're hearing people are worried about or some of the things that you're worried about, you know, what, what makes this campaign
4: one you want to fight? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think everyone has been saying this, you know, across the city in in this election period, it's affordability and, you know, again, affordability means a different thing to every single person in the city. Um, and I I view it as so many different topics that fall under the umbrella of affordability. You know, there's, you know, the, the big thing that is easy to point at is property taxes. Nobody wants their property taxes to go up. Um, so, you know, it starts there, but you know we can talk about having um, affordable housing, uh, supportive housing, um, you know different types of housing. It's you know uh, you know single family homes, duplexes, triplexes, sixplexes, whatever numbers you want those to be. Um, it includes having services, and you know. Uh, Uh, commercial, recreational, all sorts of things, where people live so that, you know, you're not having to jump in your car and, you know, spend money on gas um, to get around, get what you need out of the city. Um, You know, it it includes public transit. That is, you know, one of the big things that I really care about as a non-driver. I think we need a really good public transit system. And, you know, one that's affordable, one that's fast, frequent, reliable. I think those are the the three key things. And then you know, you're not paying your your car insurance. Um, you know, paying for gas makes your life more affordable. So just all these different aspects of the way we live and move around and you know, stay in the city, access city services. They all kind of, for me, pile together under this big thing called affordability.
1: I did note on your campaign website, you did talk about, um, you know, getting rid of car dependency in, in the city. And, and, you know, you were lucky enough that you sort of work where you live um, and not everybody in the city is that lucky. And I'm curious about your thoughts on how to make. Um, I guess how to make car driving less appealing and you know how what what you can do about that at the level of a city as a city councillor
4: yeah yeah i am super lucky i am a you know eight to fifteen minute walk to work depending on how i'm feeling every day um but you know again it's transit it's you know safe infrastructure for walking for cycling um it's building the city in a way that you know Of course, people need cars, Um, you know, it's a fact of life in in the modern world. But, you know, every person who hops on the bus, every person who hops on their bike gets traffic, the flow of cars moving a little bit better. Um, So, you know, we have to invest in the things that will allow people to make those choices. Yeah. Funding transit properly, I, I think, is just such a big one. And, you know, exploring, you know, not quite a grid system just because the the way that the roads are laid out in Guelph wouldn't work for a true grid, but you know, some sort of modified grid system for transit where, you know, it's not this hub and spoke that causes, you know, all sorts of delays. It's hard to get around because you have to come downtown to get to anywhere else in the city. Um just making making transit work go p- where people need to go, bike lanes, you know, bike lanes that connect to each other is a huge thing. <laughs> um, I, I've I've been finding myself just you know spit out right into traffic uh, from many a bike lane. Yeah, um, just getting around on foot needs to be easier. Um, in the winter, I you know I I walk pretty much everywhere, and I'm relatively you know young and healthy. And I find it hard to walk around the city in the winter. Mm. I can't imagine what that must be like for people with mobility issues, the elderly. Um, It's, you know, we like to think we're green. We like to think we're walkable, bikeable city, but we have a long way to go.
1: I wanted to talk about this uh, particular aspect of your campaign, because you're one of the few people who's kind of openly talking about this, um, which is... Um, reducing police spending as a way to sort of pay for some of these things. Um, I wonder how, you know, we kind of see this and I think we saw this at um, the the re- the realtors debate the other day that, you know, safety is a big concern. And when people are worried about safety, they turn to police. And so um, in, in this time when safety is a primary concern for people, um, how do you propose to sell the idea that Policing isn't the solution.
4: I, I, I guess in this aspect, you know, I, I'm an idealist, but <laughs> I am also a realist. Um, you know, I I don't think we're gonna, you know, defund the police, as it were. Um the, the police are a reality and important for public safety within our community, but I don't think they are where public safety should start or end. Um, you know. I I would like to see council pushing back on, you know, what I view as, you know, essentially a blank check that we give to the police every Mm -hmm. year. Um, I I would like to see some of those funds diverted into, you know, supports for addiction, supports for mental health, um, supportive housing. Um, You know, it's so widely understood. If you get people just a safe place to stay, it, you know, it reduces the the cost of providing services to people, um, you know, who are who are disadvantaged, and it makes them less likely to commit the the really the petty crime. You know, it's mm. checking car doors, it's you know, just you know, the the stuff that kind of. It, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to say that it's not a big deal, but it's. It, these are crimes of poverty and crimes mm. of opportunity mm-hmm. and so if we work to lift people out of poverty if we work to you know help people who are suffering from addiction it re- it's going to reduce the amount of these types of crimes and you know really that allows the police to focus on the bigger issues focus on you know preventing and solving like you know the real big crime instead of I, as they say, going after, you know, it's, you know, the same people over and over again. And, you know, it's this revolving door right. that that it's not serving anyone. It's not, it's not getting better. So why are we just doing the same thing over and over again?
1: Are you worried uh, some of your idealism and optimism is going to get uh, shaved off in the the cold, cruel world of politics?
4: <laughs> I, I really hope not. I, I, <laughs> I do fear for that. Um, I uh, I am a, truly an idealist at heart, um, and you know I I like to see the best in people, um, you know no matter who they are, uh, and it's something that I've really been enjoying about this process is getting to meet people with different perspectives, but getting to you know kind of connect on something uh, at a basic human level with them and. Yeah, I, I, I hope that will fuel my ongoing idealism. All
1: right, well, here's the most uh, important question of the day, which is how can people learn more about you and your campaign?
4: Yeah. Uh, um, So my website is word2elia.ca. And just because I know my name trips people up sometimes, my name is spelled E-L-I-A. On Twitter, I'm also word2elia. And you can email me eliamorrisonword2 at gmail.com. All
1: right, Elia, thank you so much for all your time today. And good luck with uh, what remains of the campaign.
4: Thank you so much, Adam.
1: I mean that in a nonpartisan way, just to be (laughs) sure. All right, Sam Elmsley, thank you so much for hopping on with me today. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So why don't you start off by just, uh, you know, you are kind of new to local politics, uh, at least in an official capacity. So I'm going to ask you to just sort of introduce yourself and and uh, maybe the, the most direct reason why you're, you're running in this election.
5: Sure, absolutely. Um, so I am originally from Montreal, Quebec. I grew up. Uh, Eastern Canada, largely. And then our family settled around the GTA. And I did some work in chemical companies, things like that. Decided to go back to do my undergrad and came to Guelph. Fell in love with Guelph and never left like a lot of people. (laughs) I actually started like pretty late, but I started serving and bartending to put myself through school. I needed something to do at night. And doing that, I realized that I have a passion for service and engagement with the public. Um, So I would say I've served tens of thousands of people in wealth over the last 20 years and gotten to know hundreds really well. And so it wasn't just their dining experience. You become friends, you care about people, you care about their issues and you become close to them. And so I just think my ability to engage and connect, I'd really like to do that on a larger scale.
1: Mm Hmm. I laughed at you when you're talking about staying after university. That is my story. That's a lot of people's story. So it's a very familiar story. Um, I want to talk a bit about Ward 3, which, um, you know, the the district, uh, the ward was largely unchanged when they reviewed the, the boundaries. Um, sure. And so, some people might accept that as sort of maybe it's kind of static. Maybe everything's kind of, you know, uh, business as usual in Ward 3. But can you talk about it from your point of view? You know, what are you know, what are kind of the under what's kind of the undercurrent in Ward 3 that the issues people are worried about?
5: Sure. Yeah. Um, well, so. As I was looking back at my Guelph experience, I realized I lived in Ward 3 five different times. <laughs> um, and where I live right now, across the street, was Ward 5 in the last election. And I would say, so I'm still working in a bar. Day-to-day, my discussions, once people find out you're running for council, you get to hear all the opinions. But in addition to that, I think I've Probably knocked on well over a thousand doors at this point, and I'm I'm finding people a lot happier and more optimistic than I was expecting to. I hmm. I think I expected people to jump right into the issues and jump right into what's wrong with things, and more. What I heard was people are happy that people are engaged, and there are issues. There's um, I mean. There's housing affordability and accessibility. Um, traffic's an issue. Traffic calming is an issue. And we're seeing mental health is a huge issue. Um, but, but I don't really want to be the least exciting candidate here, but <laughs> the people I talk
1: to are pretty great. What is the source of that optimism then?
5: Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I know we're... I mean, we're, I don't want to say coming out of a pandemic, but we're past the lockdown phases of pandemics for now, I hope. Um, And I think you can even see it by the number of people running for council this year that, that I think once everyone kind of comes outside and blinks in the sun a little bit, and then it's, it's less a grievance or anxiety and it's more, Mm how can we help and from a personal perspective i'm a really optimistic person i just want to make other people's lives better however i can see that happening in -hmm. whatever large or small way i can make that happen
1: Mm. that's an interesting take um i wanted to ask you about uh there is one vacant seat in, in Ward 3. Uh, there is one incumbent out of the two who is running for re-election. And nothing is guaranteed, of course. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, from your point of view, um, what is it that you know outgoing councillor June Hofflin sort of brought to council in terms of representing Ward 3, um, in terms of maybe something you feel was missing or maybe something you might want to replicate if you're elected?
5: Right. I I think it's more a case of replicate. Um, Most of what I'm running for is not out of criticism. It's out of I think people are doing a great job and trying to do a great job. Largely, people seem to be in this for the right reasons. And I think what I hear about June leaving is that she was present. She was accessible and you could get in touch with her and she would get back to you. And I, I would really like to
1: emulate that. Mm-hmm. Cause I did make a note in the survey, you, you got back to Guelph Politico and there's a question about like, what role would you like to serve if there was like sort of ministerial roles on council? And you said you wanted to sort of be the minister of responsiveness and service, which almost makes it sound like you feel like there's something lacking there um, in, in terms of, those like the way council deals with those issues
5: yeah and so um thanks for that no i instead of seeing something lacking there i think before i got involved in this um i started off how am i going to improve things how am i going to make wealth better and i started looking into things like well i'm going to fix transit all by myself and (laughs) then you look at it and transit's actually become a lot more flexible. And, it, and you look at service and I think it was 2018, there was a big service overhaul with the city of Guelph where they are improving service. So um, rather than be critical of these things, I wanna be like part of the process. I wanna help and make it
1: even better. I guess maybe that speaks to one of another another line I cherry picked from your survey which is okay. that you wanted to improve Guelph through kindness, listening and action. And right. I'm you know these are kind of cynical times and kind of angry times and I'm wondering
3: okay.
1: how how, you know, I'm wondering how you think about your odds when you talk about approaching something with kindness and and, and understanding that those are not like the immediate flexes of, of people these days.
5: No, maybe not. But um, my experience has been positive so far. And I don't think you can go wrong with optimism. I mean, some things are, are going to be some things are going to happen, whether you see the positive or you see the negative. So may as well choose to see the positive in it. And I think um, a, lot of, a lot of the emails I've received are about Guelph's mental health crisis. Mm. And I think, you know, I'm not going to be perfect. I have more questions going in than I have answers going in to municipal politics. But, but I also think that if you have the attitude of, okay, we've got this, it'll be okay. We'll figure it out. And the solution might not be perfect, but hopefully the solution is what's better than what was there before.
1: Mm, that's interesting um, because again, you're, you're talking about something I feel kind of goes against people's immediate instincts, which is they want direction. Um, and there's kind of like an immediacy factor. And I'm not criticizing your approach at all, but I, Ooh, I am curious. And to, you're welcome to. <laughs> I am curious as to, um, you know, Eventually, you know, decisions have to be made, and uh, sure. you know, and eventually, those decisions are going to brass somebody off, and we kind of see that all the time with council. Somebody yes. always, le- somebody always leaves the chamber room unhappy. <laughs> no,
5: that's fair, and and it's possible and likely I will be that person if elected. Um, I I think um, my workplace experience speaks to that. That sometimes people want direction and need direction, but some people sometimes people need responsiveness and agility and flexibility. So if if you come to me with an issue, I don't want to tell you what your problem is. I don't want to necessarily tell you how to solve it. I want to work with you as an individual. And let's figure out the best way we can come to a solution where everyone's happy or mm.
1: happier. Then you know, thinking about that approach then, I mean, what can you do as a city councilor sort of make, I think what you're essentially talking about is how to make people more active and involved in the decision-making as opposed to just, you know, sort of showing up and delegating on the night a decisions being made. So how how do you propose to sort of create that more inclusive decision-making?
5: Sure, yeah. No, well, to take like traffic calming as an example, I'm hearing about traffic calming on London Road. And I've had some conversations with people in wealth and who not in my ward, but they live in a traffic-calmed area. and I, th- I think by and large, they wanted the traffic to slow down, but the result that they got was what they considered um, overkill, mm. unsightly, mm. and
1: uh,
5: negative towards their property values. And, in speaking to one gentleman, he said, when I wanted traffic calmed down, I just wanted maybe a police car on the street as a deterrent for two or three days. I didn't really want this sort of circus maze that (laughs) I'm ending up driving through every day. And so, so to answer your question of what do you do is you have to go directly to the people around, like London Road, for instance, to say, I get that you want the traffic calmed down, but also what do you want that to look like?
1: Mm. that's a great point because being down on Downey Road, uh, that is quite the, it does look like a kind of circus, but we'll have to leave that there. And and Sam, to wrap up, how can people learn more about you and your campaign?
5: Yeah, absolutely. So people can phone or text me at 519-731-2608. My Gmail and Instagram are both Sam Elmsley Ward Three, and my Facebook is Sam Elmsley Four Ward Three. Not the number,
1: the word. All right. Well, Sam Elmsley, we we thank you so much for all your time today, and good luck with the rest of the campaign.
5: Thank you very much. I really appreciate this. And that brings to a
0: close the ward candidate interviews that we've been undertaking for the past few weeks. It's amazing how time is flying. There is a possibility of future ward candidate interviews, but they will be online only at this point because time is flying. We're moving into the mayoral zone as the 24th of October is almost upon us. But that's it for this week's edition of the show. We hope you enjoyed it. You can stay connected to the Open Sources team at our website, opensourcesguelph.com. Find us on Facebook at the Open Sources Newswire and on Twitter at o. If you'd like to listen to the show again, you can download it from our website every Monday at the Guelph Politicast on Podbean or on your favorite podcast app, including Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can find Adam on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out his news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Hertz and on Facebook as well. So stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, CFRU.ca. And we'll be back here next Thursday at 5 p.m. for more open sources. And we will talk to you then.